Hey everyone, in today's episode, we're going to hear the story of an artist who always had an interest in different things, but never quite had a passion. And I know plenty of people today who have never found an actual passion per se, they just have various different interests that they do for fun. I relate a lot to today's story. It feels like I say that every episode, but I really do mean it. I mean it because I've also had various different interests growing up, like video games, movies, computers. I was so obsessed with computers. I was always wanting to tinker with them, and I built one when I was in eighth grade, and I just always assumed and always planned on becoming either a programmer or an IT guy once I became an adult. And then one day in high school, I saw an art documentary by mistake and instantly fell down a rabbit hole on the internet of different street artists, and it led me here to this moment, sitting at my microphone, telling you today's inspiring art story. This is the Myers World Podcast. A narrative journey into the lives that shape art. I'm your host, Jacob Johnson. This is episode 33, Euphoria. Right after the break. This episode is brought to you by My Art is Real. We are constantly adding new original artworks and prints to purchase on our website. So if you want to support the show and collect art at the same time, head on over to myartisreal.com. If you want to show direct support while getting access to bonus content, consider checking out our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash myartisrule. All right, back to the episode. Today's guest is named Alexi, but online he goes by the name Euphoria. My name is Euphoria. I'm a 3D artist from Montreal, Canada, and my work is all about color, balance, and emotion. Um, I specialize in the creation of these um, ethereal characters and landscapes. And yeah, my work is quite mysterious, enigmatic, abstract, colorful. So that's how I would describe it in a few words. Alexei currently resides in the city of Montreal, but he grew up in the suburbs surrounding it. I'm always interested in where artists come from because it gives a peek into how they became who they are and where they grew up has a pretty massive impact on how they discovered art. For me, I grew up in a small town in the middle of Georgia. The kind of town that's so small that every time you go to the grocery store, you're running into everyone you know. It's kind of aggravating, but art was not a big deal by any means in the small town or any of the surrounding towns. So for me, finding street art was all thanks to the internet. So where did Alexi grow up exactly? Most of my life, I lived in the suburbs around Montreal. So uh, Montreal's an island, and southwest of that island is where I grew up. Uh, I essentially moved around quite a lot in that region when I was a kid, I think. Uh, we moved out like 10 times or something, so that was quite crazy. But um, yeah, just lived in the same region pretty much, but in different cities. And tell me a little bit more about your personality as a kid. How were you? I mean, I was not like the popular kid by any means. Maybe as a kid, I was a bit more shy. But when I started like growing up, maybe like in my like when I was 10 or 11 years old, I think I remember being a bit more outgoing and uh, I like to be the clown in class, like the one who would always like do a joke or try to be funny. I don't know. I was also like the teacher's pet. Is that how you say it? Yeah, it was kind of like that. <laughs> I hate to say it, but um, I like to be I like to be like a, a good student. I, I liked to have good grades and give all I had to succeed in high school, especially um, but also in elementary school. And I, I know like the teachers kind of liked me for that, I guess, because I was in class. I was not messing around too much. Um, I was pretty serious. But outside of class, I was like that funny kid. 
And one of his very first interests growing up was playing music. He was learning piano and even joined a band. When I was a, a teenager, I started a band with my best friends. Um, we were like in third year of high school. And because I was just like starting to learn piano. And well, two of my friends had a metal band and they broke up. And essentially we formed another one. Um, so now we, there were three. And in the end, we were four. So two members, including me, got added to the formation. And we just like jammed all the time. We practiced very often. We would write our own music, even though it was pretty bad at the beginning. But honestly, like it, it was a lot of fun. And we still um, we are still making music together uh, to this day. So it's pretty crazy that it just lasted for so long. They still put out music today. But for Alexi, making his art and making his music are completely two separate things. It's very different. It's very different because um, art became my job. So I definitely don't see both outlets the same way. Um, I feel more pressure with um, the art side, I, I would say, because of course, like, I love creating art, but also that's also what pays my bills. Um, so there's a, a layer of like expectations and pressure that's get that gets added on top. As with the band, we, we want to bring it forward and get bigger and all that, but it's still at the very core, like an outlet for fun. And we just want to jam and do some shows in Montreal. And that's about it, you know, and if, if like it, it gets bigger, then like would be, we would be very stoked about it for sure. Um, so yes, yeah, so it's not the same. And also like, I feel like, um, for me, like the, the 3d art is a bit more technical. So it's not like, yeah, you can be inspired in the moment and all that, but there's still like a big technical wall that you need to get familiar with. As for music, it's it's a bit more organic and I don't know, spur of the moment kind of deal where you just you just jam with your friends and then you find a sound kind of randomly, but it's not like demanding mentally as much as like, um, you know, entering numbers and uh, moving stuff around in a 3D software. I don't know. It's, it's very different, but I love both like equally, I would say. Growing up, he had no idea what he was going to do with his life, but he did know he loved science. Oh, when I was uh, in high school, I was really into science and like, of course, music. But in my mind, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew I was going to study in sciences because that's what I was good at at the time. Um, so it was not like, not a question for me. And what was it exactly that drew you into being so interested in science? For, well, I still like science today. Like, I, I, of course, I'm not, I'm not reading papers and stuff, but I like to stay updated on some stuff. But when I was a kid, I guess for me, it was just like the, the, the idea that I could understand the world around me a bit better, especially in the physics class. I was, when I was <laughs> um, learning physics, I was like starting to see the physics all around me. I was like, oh, that's like friction. That's why, oh, that's uh, inertia. Oh, okay, this and that. And the more I learned, the more I could understand about myself or the world around me. And I like, I like that. And also, I think, like, the way was, like, the school system, especially in those programs, it kind of, like, rewarded if you just knew everything by heart more than, like, logic. Ex except for, like, some instances in, like, um, physics and uh, chemistry where you could not just, like, remember like a formula you had to like have critical thinking logical thinking but yeah so i guess for me i knew it was like crazy and hard working so i 
it was kind of like straightforward for me to just sit down and memorize everything. And I knew everything very well. It was kind of like, I didn't ask myself any questions. It was like straightforward for me. And I liked to learn about it because I, as I said, I could better understand the world around me. I don't know, but it was not like, um, <clears throat> was not like a passion. It was more like, I think I was good at it and I loved learning about it, but it didn't f- like fulfill me really, you know, not a, like not nearly as much as what art brought into my life. That's for sure. But not long after that, Alexei got tired of science and needed something more solid for his future career path. I had good grades in CEGEP and I could have like tried any program I wanted in university. And I'm not trying to flex here. I, I like I, I, I work absurdly hard to get there. Um, some of my friends were working hard, but like it was kind of like easy for them. But I remember like being very, very anxious and stressed during that time because I, I felt like a lot of pressure was on me. I wanted to succeed and be have the best grades and all that. Um, but for what? That's kind of like the what I didn't know. Um, and so like, oh, okay, I could have tried like applying to for medicine, like to med school. but I didn't. I don't want to be a doctor. That that's not what I want to do. Um, I don't want to be a biologist because I don't know. I like biology, but I don't see myself doing that every day. And then I I thought that like engineering was kind of like the way to go because I felt like I was a bit more attracted towards like the creative part of it. Being an engineer is like being good at problem solving, finding solutions, um, inventing ideas. Uh, optimizing stuff. And so I was very, it was appealing for me. And that's pretty much it. Like, I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. I think I had like a slight interest for for a few months. I was like, oh, I'm going to go in engineering, do electric engineering. And I want to work like at a company like Korg or Roland and like work on synthesizers and learn about circuits and all that. Um, So I guess that's that's the only time I had maybe a glimpse of what I could have done. But still, like, I was not that passionate about it. And it was more like an excuse for myself to be like, oh, okay, I think I would do that. I would be happy doing that. And it was during this time in his life when he was trying to decide what his passion in life might be that he discovered digital art. And uh, at the same time, I, I kind of like stumbled upon an app on the App Store. It was called Fragment. And Fragment was an app that could let you do these kind of like intricate montages of photos. So you would put in your photos from your camera roll. It was on iPhone and it would generate like these weird geometric shapes that would distort your image. Um, don't know if you are a fan of Tame Impala. Um, his album, Inner Speaker, I always say it's like a accurate representation of what you could do with that app because it's like the same image repeated over and over towards the center, like that kind of effect was kind of like the stuff you could do with that app. And I remember at the time I was like, oh shit, that's so cool. So I I started like doing fake artworks for my band. And that's kind of like how it really started for me because I I was not into digital art. I didn't do like, like when I was in high school, I was in a music class. I was not into arts class because you could have like drama. I don't know if that's how it's called, but like drama, arts, and then music. And um like theater, I would say, more like theater. And I chose like the music focus. So I didn't do any arts, like visual arts when I was in high school. But that was my true introduction to it. And I really loved it. So I started finding like a bunch of apps 
for my phone, I had like 20 apps and it was kind of like if I had Photoshop, but on my mobile phone. Imagine that for a second. Someone sat down and made a simple app that would allow you to make little interesting images out of other images. And this simple fun app would light a spark inside of Lexi and probably others as well and send them down paths to pursue art. It's quite incredible to me that something so small can lead to something so much bigger. But don't let me get ahead of myself. We still have a lot to hear from Alexi and how this app would lead him to his dream job. Alexi really liked messing around with these artworks on his phone and wanted to share them somewhere. Instagram was taken off at the time, so naturally that's where he posted them. That's kind of like when Instagram started to be a bit more popular, I would say. And all my friends were sharing like um, themselves or their food or stuff that I thought was kind of boring at the time. And I didn't know what to share on Instagram. When I was doing a bit more of that mobile phone art, I was like, oh, I could just share like my stuff on Instagram. That could be a good way for me to share on it and stay on the app. Give me an excuse to use it. So I started sharing my art kind of like right away on Instagram, even though it was very bad, I would say in the beginning, like horrible. I had no background. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, But I found that other people were doing it. So I was like, oh, there's a community around this. And I started following a bunch of artists who are doing the same thing. And it really hooked me. Like I I was hooked because first I like doing those artworks, but then knowing that there was some people who would be interested by it and some people who were doing it also and like pages pages featuring artists um, like that. I I was just mind blown. This spark with this app would then lead him down a rabbit hole of learning Photoshop and 3D renders and all the art that he's known for today. So I started doing more art and eventually uh, I downloaded Photoshop and that's when I like got more serious about it. And um, yeah, eventually in 2017, I picked up 3D and uh, that's where it really started for me. I, I was like for a whole summer, I shared like almost every week or even more than that, like every few days. And I was working like crazy. And that's where it kind of like kicked off for me. Now he was finally starting to feel it, a deep passion. He couldn't wait to work on a new piece of art and put it out into the world. It was actually really fun. He just couldn't stop doing it. It was kind of funny because while I was discovering this world of art, I was still in Cégep doing sciences. And I was done with my degree and I didn't know what to do. And I was like, well, I guess I'm kind of like creative. So maybe I should try engineering. Uh, I did a semester in engineering and I, I finished it. I finished that first semester, but then I, I just left because I was like, that's not for me. That's not what I want to do. And on the side, my Euphoria project was getting a bit more serious. And I was like, oh, that's what I love doing, you know, like sitting down, creating art. So he went for the, you know, go to artistic, but also get a job degree of graphic design. So took like a half a year off and worked my ass off to build a portfolio out of nothing because I had no clients, no experience. I invented projects for myself. I made a a pasta box for an imaginary brand um, to build a portfolio. And I applied to um, a graphic design program in Montreal. And lucky for me, I got accepted. So that really um, validated me and my, my pursuit because I remember, and I'm, I'm kind of like going on a tangent here, but I remember feeling quite stressed about not abandoning, but like kind of like leaving behind 
my engineering studies because that's kind of like like a safe path. It was kind of a, a safe path. I was good at school. I was hardworking. That's that was my secret. I did. I worked twice as hard as anybody else um, when I was in school, and I know I could have done it, but I didn't love it. So what was the point? You know, um, made my parents proud. Um, my parents were proud nonetheless, and I know my dad was like telling me, um, oh, well, okay, so you want to do this art thing, graphic design thing, whatever. Well, if you do it, you, might, you, you have to be the best at it. And I was like, okay, that's a lot of pressure, dad, but I'll try my best. And I don't know, looking back, I'm glad I did it, even though um, the odds were against me because I had no experience. And my art was frankly very bad at the beginning. So um, I didn't have a lot going for me. <laughs> Um, but I'm glad I did. And I kept working hard on it. And that's kind of like how it all happened. It's a long story, but I think it's worth sharing because um, uh, a lot of people were or are in the same situation where they are like they're doing a thing that considers safe and like the way to go. But on the side, they have this other thing that they're really passionate about, but they're worried to like go all in or to put more time into it because they don't know where it's going to take them. Is it going to be a waste of time? Is it going to go anywhere? I think it's always good to, to like trust yourself if you have that good feeling and at least try it out. And if it doesn't work, like you can always take a step back and try something else, you know. While his art wasn't the best, he did have a great work ethic. So he wasn't going to let anything stand in his way. He took his portfolio down to the school to have one of the teachers give him some feedback. And he got some pretty good advice. Because like, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what the portfolio looked like. I had absolutely no clue. And I remember I started doing like a first draft and the university I was applying for did like this. Um, I don't know what's, what is it in English? Is it like door, open doors or something like that? Like um, you could just go and meet some teachers and ask questions and learn about the program essentially. And so I just went, <laughs> took the bus I uh, just went there and I arrived there with my portfolio. I felt scared as shit. Like, I, I felt like so impressed by seeing like so many people who were probably like 5,000 times better than me. <laughs> I remember going to the teacher who was like reviewing portfolios and I showed him, showed mine to him. And he, I mean, I think he saw that like it was kind of crap, you know, but he was kind of like, nice about it he was like what's your background and i told him my whole story and he was like oh that's very impressive like for a first portfolio if you don't know what you're doing that's that's okay like that's not good but it's okay so do this and that and this and that and uh come back in a few months when we do another one of these and come back and see me and we'll we'll talk again and so i left and i worked on my portfolio so i, I had a bit of like like I had pointers of where I should focus and what I should do to make a good portfolio. He took all these pointers and got to work improving his portfolio as best he could, then headed back up to the school to see what the teacher had to say now. And well, this time he wasn't so nice. Came back with something and then he wrecked me. He was like, oh, like, are you, do, you, do, you, do you even have a grid for your portfolio? Like you have no grid. Everything's like just like everywhere. The information is... Like in some place on one page and then on the other page, it's somewhere else. Um, that is kind of kitsch. Like, that's not really good. Like, oh, you should not put that in. And then he was very critical. And that like kind of destroyed me. I was like, I, it was the total opposite of the first time. The first time I felt I, I got out of there with like so much confidence and 
hope. And then got getting out of that second session, I was like destroyed. But um, he gave actual feedback. Like I, I had to listen to it and I wanted to prove him wrong. So <laughs> I went back home, worked a few months more on my portfolio. And I think what I got in the end was pretty decent. Not like the best looking, pretty st- like straightforward, not amazing, but not bad. It was just a decent portfolio. And I think it really improved from the first version. Like it was light years ahead. And so um, I'm, I'm thankful for that teacher. Never got to talk to him really again after. I would have loved to tell him about it, that story, but that's okay. Uh, I'd, I'd never had a class with this guy. So, but yeah, so I, I, it still worked out in the end, but it was a lot of stress during that year. Cause you know, like I didn't have clients really, I, I didn't know what kind of projects I could do for my, my portfolio. Like I said, like I did a pasta box. Uh, I did like posters for events that did not exist. Um, you know, so had to find myself excuses to just create something. So like, I didn't want to like be sad about, Oh, I don't have any projects. I don't have this. I just like went ahead and invented stuff, even though I had nothing going for me. So that's how I managed. But Alexei didn't let this discourage him because he knew he didn't want to go back to engineering. And that this art thing was his dream. I had to, man, like I, I left engineering. I, there was no way back. <laughs> I didn't want to go back to engineering. So I had to like find a way I had to, I found a way, like I applied to two universities. So I did two like portfolios. Um, like I worked hard and I got very lucky. I got accepted to both in the end. Like I did not expect that at all. I was, that was one of the best feelings I've ever had. Like I remember I was having a couple beers with my friends one night and I got, I don't know why I just sent it so late, but I got my, like an email from the university I really wanted to apply, uh, to go in. Uh, like the other one, I, I would have wanted to go there, but it was not as suited for what I wanted to do. So I wanted to go to the other one. And I, it was like midnight or something. I was a little bit tipsy, you know, drinking beers with my best friends. And I got this email and it said I was accepted. I was like, Lord, man, one of the best moments so far um, in my journey because because of what it meant, felt so validating. And it was like, kind of like a pat on the back saying like, oh, you're doing the right thing, you know, like you're on the right path. And so I'll never forget that moment. During this time, Alexi was also constantly posting works on Instagram and even had gained a decent following of over 5,000 people. Next thing he knew, he was getting contacted by brands to work on projects and was bringing in a few bucks here and there. Memories get a bit confused in my brain, but uh, from what I can remember, when I got into engineering it's kind of like where things got a bit more serious um i was still doing like photoshop art like montages with photography and stuff um but i think i had like maybe 5000 followers at the time and to me that was massive and it it is a lot of people you know and and so for me i was like gosh like i got like 5000 followers like 5000 people follow me that's just insane and I think I started like doing a bit of client work at the time, like very small gigs. Like I think I was paid like a hundred bucks for an artwork. It was just nonsense, but I did it. And I think that's when I was like, okay, I think this could be a thing, especially when I got my first gig. Um, I think it was like a 50 bucks artwork I did on my phone. Uh, (laughs) Went downstairs, told my mom about it. I was so excited. 
mom, I got 50 bucks from this dude. He, he just wants me to do an artwork on my phone. And she's like, oh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> um, but I mean, nowadays, I, I, it, it's funny to look back on that, you know. But yeah, that's kind of like when I, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm really loving this. I'm starting to make a little bit of money with it. So maybe there's like a way for me to just make more money and like make it somewhat of a career. Because Alexi was making art outside of the classroom and building his personal style, he was able to pay his bills off of his art even before he had gotten his degree. Now, at this time, he wasn't actually making crazy money or anything, but he had roommates and was eating pretty cheap. So he was doing pretty good for himself. Because I worked on establishing myself, I got like a track record already. Um, I know some students in my program were just doing the projects in school and that's about it. They didn't have like a practice outside of school. But for me, like I, I did my, all my school projects. I did all of that. But also on the side, I had euphoria going. And so when it was time to like finish my degree, like I already had something that was working. So I was pretty fortunate to have that and not have to like look for a job or anything like that. Even though he was making money off of his own art, he decided to stay in the program so he could finish out his degree and was also really looking forward to the exhibition they get to have at the end of the year. But around this time, COVID hit and left a lot of schools scrambling to figure out everything. I graduated at the start of COVID, uh, so that was quite a weird experience because, you know, like... One of the main appeals of doing that program, especially this one, like this in this university, is the like the exhibition at the end of your degree. It's, it's like a massive event every year. It's so much fun because like you go with your friends, have a couple beers. It's free. You check some projects, check some art, check some good graphic design. It's a blast, to be honest. And and we got none of that. Like we didn't even get an online exhibition. Nothing like we're kind of like my my cohort, we're kind of like the for- forgotten one, you know, we're just nowhere. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, even my wife and, and plenty of other people I know who were in things like nursing school at the time also didn't get a lot of those special events you're supposed to get. And it really sucks when you put as much time and effort in as Alexi did. And a lot of the reason you're still there is because you want those events and then they don't happen. But but as we'll come to find out, Alexi's art career was about to take off even higher than he ever expected. Alexi is one of the few guests we've had on this show who is pretty well established in the NFT space. I know by now most people will know what an NFT is, but let me explain for the rest of the viewers. In the most basic sense, an NFT is a contract built on a crypto blockchain that says this specific crypto wallet holder owns this specific artwork in this contract. So it became a way for digital artists like Alexi to have a sort of original or a one-of-one artwork for sale for the very first time. Because traditional artists like painters and sculptors have always had original artworks, and then they can reproduce those works and sell them. For digital artists, they only really had prints and commission works as a way to make money. Now with NFTs, this allowed them to monetize their works in a brand new way. This part alone is huge for artists, but like any new tech, there are bad actors and plenty of people who hopped on the bandwagon in hopes of making huge profits by investing in these artworks. During this time, it was almost like a bull run of sorts for the NFT market. NFTs have been around for a while, but at a specific time around 2020 to 2022, 
COVID had hit, which trapped people inside on the internet all day. Then they also had some more money coming in from the government or were spending less money on going out, so they had more money to spend. And what better place to spend it than on some digital art that everyone is talking about? NFTs and crypto saw a huge growth during this time, and for artists like Alexi, who had built up their online audience and body of work over the years, were ready to join the party. And in a way, it was like Alexi was in strapped to a rocket of upward success. So tell me how you got into the whole NFT stuff to begin with. Yeah, um, so I think it was all like timing for me. Um, of course, like prior to 2020, when I started NFTs, I was already like, I don't want to say that about myself, but like a bit established. Like I was, I I had like um, several thousands of people following my work, close to 100K, I think at the time. Look good on paper, you know. So I started um, at the end of 2020. It was in uh, September, October. Um, a friend of mine, artist Gavin Shapiro, he uh, is a very talented individual, and he um, kind of like got me into it. He was like, "Oh, you should check out those platforms." You know, I'll put in. I'll put in a good word for you because I have my interview with them this week, and he did. And then they reached out, and like I got so lucky. I just got into Super Rare in, in, within a week. And nowadays, it's so hard to get there. I don't know if it's still as hard as it was, but during the peak, it was like impossible to be accepted. It was very hard. And same thing for Nifty Gateway. That was the other platform um, I got on. So essentially, I started in September and my first artwork, um, I remember, uh, I don't like talking about money, but it's still interesting to like throw those figures. But um, my first artwork got picked up by a collector for 8 Ether at the time, 8 ETH. Um, it was about $2,500,000 US. And I mean, that's, that's good money, you know, like, um, I was not, I don't think I was making that even for a commission for like, a an artwork for a music group at the time. Like it, it was, it was mind blowing to me that I could get that sort of money from a collector who wanted to collect a piece of mine. So I was very lucky to have this first sale because it kind of already sort of defined me as a like oh artist to watch you know like oh look at this guy like first sale already doing great and then i kept posting some artworks here and there and it got like offers and it was great like i was i was like not believing it and i got my first nifty gateway drop at this time especially to have a nifty gateway drop was a huge deal these drops they they hype up for weeks leading up to the sale and, and they were selling out fast and for a lot of money and well alexi's drop went pretty crazy it sold out in like 10 seconds. Like I made like, I think it was 15,000 or 11,000 at the time. And like, and so that was like, like, it's like if we um, opened, uh, is it the Pandora box? Box Pandora or something like that. You open it and then stuff happens, you know, like then it, the bull run started and then people came in, did this crazy drop, never heard of, sold the artwork for like $700,000. And then, it got so crazy, man. Like it sometimes it like it makes me feel weird when I think back on those times. It was just a special, crazy, weird time. Like it made a made a lot of friends, um, lived some crazy experiences. Yeah, man. Like it was kind of surreal. But yeah, so that's kind of like how it got started. And then um I got a really big drop in February of 2021. 
And that was like the, that's like the standout moment for me for the rest of my life. Like, I don't know how I'll be ever, ever able to top that financially. It was, I won't, I won't go into the figures, but it was a lot of money and I did not expect that. And I sold a lot of artwork that night and I was just on a cloud. It was surreal. It's like if I won the lottery, of course, it was not like millions, but it was still more than I could ever make in several years. That's for sure. Well, it's cool to think, oh, he did this drop and in one day made all this money and it sold out like crazy. It was all the work he had done over the years to put him in this position in the first place. This drop was around 2021 and Alexi had been making and sharing art since 2014. So it took him about seven years of constantly working on his craft and building up his brand. And then that doesn't even take into account the amount of hours it took him to create the artworks for the drop because Alexi's works are very intricate 3D renders and they're not easy to make. So while he had been building up to something like this for a long time and putting in hard work, it was still partially due to great luck and good timing. So within one night, Alexi went from being a, what you would call a starving artist, living as cheap as he could and hoping he could make enough money each year to keep doing what he loved, to then making enough money that he wouldn't have to worry for a few years as long as he didn't blow it all. Which, he was smart and he definitely didn't. Um, yeah, it was a very special feeling because um, it felt like, a huge weight got off, like got lifted off my shoulders. Cause I, of course, as an artist, you always worry, okay, am I be going to be able to keep doing this for the next year? You know, you never know. And so that was like, okay, I, if I put this like in an investment account now, like I, I'm good for a couple of years. That's like my, my, my backup. If like everything goes to crap, you know, and I'm good for a few years and I, I, I can keep going and do art and not worry too much about it. Um, so that was a big, big blessing. But everything in life comes with pros and cons. So with more collectors and more money coming in, even more responsibility and stress came along with it. For me, NFTs have been like a double-edged sword. It came with a lot of pressure and stress because then um, the people who collected your work, they have expectations. And even though you do your best to do more releases, more drops, rewards, it's still a market, you know, in a volatile market, like one of the most volatile markets you can be a part of. And once things got started, like, like cooling down, then not everyone, but most of the art and the artists, like all of their work started dropping like crazy in value. And then people were just trying to catch falling knives. And it was just a weird contrast to what we were living right before. So it was such a roller coaster. And um, I felt I felt ashamed that like my work lost in value at the time. And, but then in retrospect, when I look back, I still feel bad, but also like, God, I like that's, that's some of the stuff like was out of my control. Like I could not predict that it would drop down so much. And all in all, like I'm grateful to have been able to um, like be a part of this adventure, uh, be one of the lucky few who got like substantial amounts I, I, I don't take it for granted. Um, I worked hard to get there, but it was a lot of like luck and timing also. But also you can create your own luck in life if you work for it. But you get what I mean. But as quickly as it came, it soon left. After the NFT and crypto bull run, 
a lot of investors who didn't care so much about the art and cared way more about the profits became pretty upset when the values of things started to drop. But that's an issue with investing in anything. You never know what will be successful or what will slow down and pit back up later. But as of recently, the NFT market has been moving up again. But one great thing to come out of this slump was it weeded out a lot of those people who were only interested in making money and didn't care about the art or artist. And it left us with a more passionate than ever group of people who cared about the craft. And Alexei experienced this firsthand when he noticed some of his friends leaving his side during the slump. When I got like that successful Nifty Gateway drop in February of 2021, all of a sudden, a lot of people became friends with me. You know, like a lot of people who I'm like artists whom I respected and followed for like years. All of a sudden now, like they kind of started caring about me. Funnily enough, I don't know why. I, I don't know why they started caring. Um, I guess I have my my answer. Um, you know, but I was ecstatic. I was like, oh my god, like the person's talking to me, and like all of a sudden, I got like these people in my circle. My circle was expanding in the world of NFTs, and um, I mean, things like the markets suddenly started to crash, and like of course, like not everyone managed to stay afloat or on top of things. And when my suddenly my drops were not as successful or I was not selling as much, or then uh, for some reason, like a lot of people vanished from my circle, you know, like those people who were messaging me, suddenly like, I don't get any feedback from them. When I was making a sale, oh, you could be sure that there was like dozens of people saying congrats. <laughs> but nowadays, if I post an artwork, like none of them are supporting or giving feedback on my work. Um, the real ones stayed though, and I know the real ones, and I I'm so grateful for the people who keep supporting me time after time, no matter what, you know. So I'm really grateful for those people. It's a bit hard sometimes to look back, but also like at the end of the day, the real friends I had before this period are the same after this period, you know, like the the real ones, the, the people that cared, they're still there. And like, I'm so grateful for it. Every market is just like life. It's full of ups and downs, and you have to be ready for it all, as best you can be at least. It took a couple of tries and a lot of classes for Alexi to find his passion, but he'd finally done it. I mean, this year uh, was not like the easiest, I think, for a lot of people. For me, uh, I had many wonderful projects, but for uh, a couple of months during the year, I didn't have anything coming my way. So it was a bit harder to uh, deal with. But, you know, when that happens, I, of course, I'm like, ah, that's, that's unfortunate. but. I take those down times to I just take time for myself. And I, um, if I have a month where I am not booked or anything, I just spend it on creating a new artwork. And I, I do all I can to make it the, the best piece I've ever made. Um, I guess like at the end of the day, like I just love doing art. That's like, that's my escape. That's like, I can't, I can't spend like two weeks without making art. Like I get, cr I, I turn crazy because I just, feel the need to go back to my computer and create something. So despite the highs and despite the lows, like I'm still doing it. And I think for me, it's just a, a wake up call to be like, okay, you had this going for you. It didn't last for long. Maybe like it's going to come back eventually at a like, smaller degree, like smaller scale and it will be cool and all. Um, but I got to diversify what I do. And that's what I'm working on right now and I worked on during the year and I will try to work on next year 
Um, I want to try to explore different mediums and fields. One of the projects he has been working on is a beautifully crafted silver ring that he designed with his friend as a collaboration. Is this year I did a collaboration with a friend of mine. His name is Jeremy, and we released a ring together. So essentially, he came to my place. I was sculpting on the computer, and we were bouncing ideas off of one another. And we came up with this design. And he has experience with jewelry because he makes a ton of those. So essentially, we found a way. Well, he found a way. Credits to him. Um, someone who could like 3D print wax, and usually when you cast. Um, metals like silver, the wax is used to make the final silver object. So essentially, we could just make a model in the computer, 3D print the wax, uh, get a mold done. And then uh, every time we want to make a ring, we have a mold, we get a silver ring out of it. So that was kind of like a, an eye-opening experience for me because I really love doing that. I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like to design something that's not a character, it's a bit more abstract, but it's also something tangible that like people where like i have a, a lot of friends and family members who got a ring i i know they love it and they will wear part of me like every day you know it's such a cool thing to 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 do so i think in 2024 i i want to spend more time maybe thinking about this potential avenue of making a bit more jewelry or maybe like try to convert my work into some sculptures or stuff like that maybe try 3d printing i don't know like just get out of the computer for for a bit Every now and then, I would say, and explore different avenues. Um, and yeah, keep doing my client work whenever I have projects coming my way. And yeah, just do my best to make, still make a living out of it. I think after hearing Alexi's story and what he just said, it's pretty clear what drives him. It's not to be popular. It's not to be rich. It's purely for the love of making art. Art is his passion, and not only was he lucky enough to discover that passion, he had even more lucky when he was able to make a substantial living from it. And because of the NFT success, Alexei can dedicate even more time to just making works and projects that he feels passionate about, which allows us, the viewer, to have even more incredible art to enjoy. I hope you find your passion, and I hope that you can stick to it because you never know what might be waiting for you around the corner if you just keep following that love and that passion. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Myers Real Podcast. This was the first episode of the year, and I'm so glad it got to be with Euphoria. Remember, if you enjoyed this episode at all, please leave us a rating or a review wherever you get the podcast and tell as many people as you can about this show. I couldn't do this show without you. It means the world to me. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you in the next episode.